Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home Bible. You're drunk. The podcast are a couple ex-evangelicals pull out their Bibles and ask, why were we taught this as children? I'm Tori. And, you know, I grew up in church. It's kind of like born and raised. It was homeschooled. So I studied the Bible more than like actual school stuff. And eventually when I was like 30, I left. So I do have a lot of feelings about the Bible. I also have a co-host. Yes. Uh, my name is Justin. I am a ex-evangelical. Aspiring, aspiring uh, pagan. Pagan. A- Atheo-pagan or something. Atheo-pagan. Yeah, I learned about like, that. That this was week. cool. We had a really lovely comment on Instagram about atheo-paganism. It's paganism, but you're an atheist. Without which, the gods. Without the gods, which... We love it. On a, which, honestly, Tori, might be the perfect religion. For- <laughs> Beautiful. But uh, yeah, so if you're interested, Google atheopaganism. That's a freebie. Um, yeah, ex-evangelical agnostic about town, so to speak, for now. I uh, was in ministry for many years at, yeah, about 33, 34, decided um, I- I'm done. So here, here I am today. We have a podcast, uh, which you're listening to right now. And it's, you know, it's a thing that we do. And it, it's, I think it's, I don't know if it's therapy, Really but nothing is, but therapy is cathartic. therapy. It is cathartic, cathartic. and therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. You get to decompress all the spiritual tension that's like lived in your body mm-hmm. for decades. Yeah. It is. It is a little bit like one of those massages where you're like, oh, I did not realize I had a knot there. Uh-huh. And I'm glad, like, it's oh. I'm, I'm glad we got that out. Or For me, it's like, I'm going to have to do this at least 72 more times, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's built in at this point. We're going to, this is going to require some work. I was listening to a comedian. He was talking about getting old and, you know, he went to like a physical therapist, for like an issue with his knee and he, the physical therapist gave him some things to do. He's like, all right. So like when, when, you know, how long do I have to do this? And the physical therapist is like, no, that's just what you do now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you want your knee to work, you just, this is part of your day now. Why? Why is it like this? I like I bought a new pair of shoes that I decided to run errands in. They're just vans. They're like normal vans. And I was like, I am too old to run errands on foot in a pair of vans. Like this is not, I need actual shoes now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, getting old. Yeah. I, I, I always long for like the Chuck Taylor all-stars, you know, like, uh-huh. like that's a cool look. I could still rock that. And then I'm like, that is 
That is just a piece of rubber. <laughs> I can still, I can still wear those, but I, I feel like my time in that particular genre of footwear is coming Our to style an end. Choice. <laughs> so anyway, you came here to hear us talk about getting old, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, so, but you also didn't realize that it was a brilliant segue that we definitely pre-planned to talk about getting old and really? and, and how, dying and and dying. And about Lee Strobel, who is 70 now. Didn't realize that. And that dude's been around for a long ass time. So uh, Lee Strobel, for those of you that don't know or haven't ha- recently had a family member gift you his book, The Case for Christ. Oh, God. Like, oh, my God. As if that solves everything. What most non-ex-evangelical, what most non-ex-evangelicals, that would just be evangelicals, <laughs> so- Justin. <laughs> <laughs> So just the regular ones, just the regular ones don't realize this. Probably all of us read the case for Christ because we were trying to prove it to ourselves long before, long before you gave it to us. So he is writing a new documentary. We're not writing. He's, he's producing a new documentary. He created. Uh, created. Yeah. The case for heaven. A journalist investigates evidence for life after death in theaters after this podcast is aired. So sorry. You missed it. <laughs> You missed the three days, which was a Monday through Wednesday, that this particular film is in theaters. We regret to inform you on Thursday. <laughs> so it, it's, it, you know, one of the rare times we did catch something this week in evangelicalism that is this week. That is yet, literally this week. And yet and you're somehow still we still are it. late. <laughs> but this is what I found fascinating about this whole thing. And we're going to talk a little bit about heaven and whatnot, but. He said it was really important, like this subject matter has particular interest now because of the COVID-19 outbreak. And he says, I think the topic of what does indeed happen when we leave this world is more relevant to a lot of people today than it was a couple of years ago. And I don't know how I feel about that statement. People coming to grips with their mortality and the fact that most Western governments are actively committing eugenics right now. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I get away. it. I get it. You feel a way. We feel a way about dying, but it's almost like here's a way out. Heaven is heaven is sort of a cop out for dying. And I guess if you believe in it, then like eugenics wouldn't really matter because you're doing everyone a favor by sending them to heaven. Yeah. That's my like issue. I think with a lot of heaven theology in evangelicalism and just me personally, I, I'm not, I'm not an active disbeliever in an afterlife. I hold out mystery for that i but i don't necessarily live my life for a particular afterlife it's just kind of where i land on it so like i don't immediately laugh at someone investigating near-death experiences or life after death that's not the issue for me yeah yeah it's more like the way heaven is presented is very much a like get out of jail free card or a well, this world sucks and we'll never make it better because god's just going to burn it to the ground but we've got this other upgrade coming so why do anything? Or maybe like we should speed the coming of Christ by actively making it terrible, which I don't think is done consciously, but it might be. It, it might be. It, I feel like there's a very sub, a very strong subconscious drive, at least to just not fix anything, because in the end, you believe that it's supposed to get worse. So maybe it should. Yeah, it's this is real. It's like it's like accelerationist theology, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like accelerationism being a thing that exists outside of Christianity, but within evangelicalism, like I think a lot of people subscribe to that idea. 
frankly. It's like we need to hasten the return of Christ by making these awful choices. You know, I I could see it for real. I could. Yeah. I don't like heaven, but like, I don't know. I guess most people are, are thinking more about spirituality now. This is a stat I saw this week than they were before the pandemic. And I'm like, I'm definitely thinking about it less, despite the fact that my pandemic baby is literally a podcast about theology and Christians. <laughs> I'm like, I am objectively thinking about it less now, but the way that, yeah, the way that evangelicals use heaven is so manipulative. And I think that that's really kind of, I mean, setting aside the fact that I, I thought heaven, I always thought heaven sounded awful. I was like, why would anyone want to go sing songs for tens of trillions of years? Like, I like, okay, that sounds. After we watched a movie about everything we ever did, <laughs> we've brought that up a few times, but I feel like, like you'll be ushered into the presence of God shortly, but we're going to watch a brief film. <laughs> That's literally every human's dirty laundry. Wouldn't you be sinning if you're watching this? Like if it's pornography, right? If you're watching somebody fuck, like you're in heaven watching pornography. I don't You'd know. Literally what to- be watching porn stars making porn. <laughs> like really from every angle, like every single person on set, you're seeing it through every single, <laughs> yeah, every single person experiencing this. And every person that experienced it thereafter watching it, mm-hmm. you would also see. Oh, I'm so bored already. I'm like, yeah, I don't want like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I, I literally like, I know I said this already, but like I had a plan to, to like go up and talk to God and be like, okay, we've been singing for like 10,000 years, which seems valid. Can I just go like, can I be done? Can I go take a nap? I was like 10. Yeah. (laughs) Like we were supposed to get mansions. Can I just go be in mine by myself? I'm like, I don't even care about the mansion. I just would love to stop existing. Is that going to hurt your feelings? (laughs) Thanks. I'm going to (laughs) go. I just would like to not be here anymore. Continuing to exist sounds exhausting, which is why I really hope there's not an afterlife. (laughs) (laughs) I am tired. Why are you making me do this again? I'm tired. But Lee Strobel, he's into it. This is he's this is very into this it. Is his moment. He's gonna make everybody believe in heaven or something. And he had his own near death experience from not having enough salt. It sounds like <laughs> in his blood. Sorry for laughing, but like I know that's horrible. And also, I'm having a hard time keeping my face quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, salt is important. Salt is important. I'll just say that. I just it's important, <laughs> but I find it funny that the bland white guy was not salty enough <laughs> like no. like we're not making no. fun of him but we're pointing out that there's humor to be made there is some something is going on but again it's just like everything about evangelical heaven feels like emotional and spiritual manipulation it's like okay you're making a documentary called the case for heaven cool but like you're excited about the fact that most people are going to hell yeah. So like, why? Why should I care what you think about this? Like, you're if you're somebody who is excited about the suffering of other people, which clearly they are, because it's like whenever, whenever like student debt comes up, they're like, well, I had to pay all of my stuff off, so why shouldn't everybody else? So like, mm-hmm. you know, they're already oriented around like making other people suffer because they did or whatever. You haven't suffered enough to be prosperous <laughs> or to eat, right? To be housed. But yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really like this. And the whole like heaven grift, it's like, it's 2022 guys. Like if it were 1997, maybe, but like, uh, why? 
Why? Why are we doing this? Yeah, but I, I will pull pulling back from not salty elites verbal. Um, <laughs> unsalted. <second>. Unsalted least trouble. <laughs> Sorry, Lee Strobel. I'm sure you're going to listen to this. I hope you have salt now. But God. well, this photo—he's on the beach. He's on the Oregon coast. I oh, can okay. tell because he's like Haystack Rock is like in the background of this photo. So if you really need salt, the ocean is steps away if it becomes an emergency. But he uh, uses this to investigate near-death experiences, and and they get play in the news every now and then. You'll hear about one, you know, where someone died, and then, you know, they gained some kind of information that they weren't supposed to have, or they met Jesus, or or just, you know, had this, you know, what sounds like a wonderful acid trip. Oh, yeah, that's fair. What, you know, you having more of a neuroscience background than me, what, do you know much about near-death experiences, or what are your thoughts no. on them? Do you hope you never have one? You know, it's, it's hard to say, like, I don't like, I don't love the idea of dying, honestly. And I'm like, it it is very fascinating because there is your nervous system goes through a very specific process when your body is shutting down. It's like, okay, time to logging. We're logging out now last time. And that, I mean, it is, it is, it is objectively fascinating. And the way that your brain, like sort of like all of these things, all these different brain areas, like fire, like explode, like fire off and then are gone basically. And it's like this very kind of systematic, like shutting down, which is, which I appreciate because that's, that's also how, like, that's also how cell death happens, which is part of being human is like, you, you want your old cells to die because otherwise you just, <laughs> it's like, I'm walking around as a clump of like, 38 year old cells like that's not great but like the way that so I love I love the way that bodies are sort of organized in this very bizarre fashion and yeah I mean there's definitely been research done of of people you know dying people in like an MRI right I mean it, it makes sense from a logical perspective it's like your life flashes before your eyes there's like this really bright light and it's a very consistent sort of people very this is what people experience right when their bodies are shutting down which I'm like, okay, that, that to me makes a lot of sense, right? It's just brain structures going offline in a very specific order. And I've heard it's, you know, a quite comforting trip. Like, okay. Like it, you know, your, your pineal, pineal gland just, oh, just, yeah. like, just blows up like <laughs> Sweet. and gives you the biggest dose of DMT possible. And yeah, just things shut down. There are worse ways to go. I imagine. Yeah. And so like, in that sense, and I actually was talking about this with a friend of mine, and he was like, well, you know, maybe that's, you know, your brain, like, preparing the spiritual rocket ship to ship you off into the next whatever. Like, okay, maybe. Or it could just be, yeah, this is the way cells die. And, right. But you're conscious for this one. Right. And <laughs> you get to watch it happen. And you get and to watch you it get happen. you get to go to sleep. Yeah. Which sounds amazing to me. Like, you have a fantastic dream, and then you sleep. Sounds way better than heaven. That's all I'm saying. That's guess, literally yeah. all I'm saying. If I had to sing forever or just not exist, I would probably choose non-existence. God. Like, oh, yeah. For real. You know what's interesting, though? Now that we're talking, now that we're having this discussion, I'm super, super fascinated by this idea of, of, I mean, clearly there are people who prefer the opposite, who would like, if given... The two, and I wonder what what that is like internally. They could literally sing. I could sing of your love forever, over and over, forever, forever. and be happy. 
Well, I think that they think that they could. Yeah. I don't, but when you're in those, again, like, are you, are you capable of being honest with yourself when you're in those spaces? That's something that I've discovered recently in therapy is I was like, I was, I wasn't even being honest with myself, so I couldn't really be honest with other people. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that is a valid point for sure. Like there, like there is a lot of self gaslighting and I think when we when we do come out, uh, uh, that's why I think there's a there's a reaction with some people to almost like edit their own personal history to be like, oh, I didn't really believe it. They'll say that about themselves. But it's like, no, I'm pretty sure you did. It's just now your brain is protecting you because you made a 30 year mistake. And, and and I've experienced that, too. And I think that's why there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of you know grieving that goes into the fact that like you were part of it. You know, it, it very rarely. Obviously, there are cases of criminal abuse this is that's different but just the run of the mill i was an evangelical i believed that i was terrible to people and i have left you very much were a part of that process too for mm-hmm. however long you were in it and yeah I, I i don't know that i ever would have said like yeah i want to sing forever but i also would have been like well maybe god will make worship services cool less boring <laughs> maybe worshiping actual god will not be as boring God is going to bust out the fog machine. Yeah. And this is going to be like a rave. Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) that, I would be good with. (laughs) I'd be fine with like a rave. Even that, I'm like, no, I have no interest in existing forever. I have no interest in existing for a thousand years. Like, I don't understand what drives people to like desire immortality. I don't get it. I really don't. I would, I was actually thinking about this today, unrelated to this, honestly, but I would like to live long enough to experience things I want to experience and choose when I die. But I don't like if I, if that, if that was three or 500 years or even a thousand, like if it stayed fresh for that long, sure. I'd love to keep the party going, but also to be able to be like, I'm done now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've, I've done the things I've seen the things, you know, my great, great, great grandkids are not that cool. Um, <laughs> they never are. <laughs> <laughs> they're a disappointment to me. Oh um, gosh. Oh gosh, this seems to be this seems to be a trend among wealthy wealthy white people. I've noticed that their children are all like staggering disappointments. Yeah, <laughs> and I would hope if I lived for a thousand years, I would be disgustingly rich as well. You would think, <laughs> like, either that or you're fucking up being a white dude. Yeah, uh, for real. One um, or the other. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not a great white person to begin with, but I would hope I would have figured out how to monetize that shit. At capitalism, make it work for you. So yeah, it's yeah. I I do wonder, kind of getting back to it, like if you, if most, if I would have thought as an evangelical, if I really would have taken an assessment of, like, what is an eternity? Like trying to fat, like the universe hasn't even existed for an eternity. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine the thirteen point eight billion years that the universe has existed. And. And I can't imagine watching it for 13.8 billion years, continuing to be interested in existing. You know what? I feel like, I feel like maybe God called it and just like, didn't tell us It's like, I'm done. This is what the fuck. Why did I do this? Yeah. I'm out. Or, or like, even like if we want to, if I want to turn it around to hell for a second and, and I'll use Hitler, I'll even just, we'll go straight to Hitler. Terrible human being. Valid. He's on the you list. Know, he's on the, he's short on the list. list. But after a million years, Oh, two million not, years, that's, 10, that's a too billion. Long. That's too like, like a million like, years is too long for someone to be on fire. I'm sorry. Yeah, like 
it, and objectively, he would be a completely different being. Yes. After however many millions of years of trauma. Truly. Like, truly. To the point where his life would have been completely irrelevant. Like, even as devastating as it was. I This isn't minimizing Hitler. This is like, just no, that's real. on a long enough scale of time, how much torture is enough for you, God? Like, how, how much? Like... And so it's like that. That's where it begins to be like, I feel like we just haven't thought through what eternity is. That's so interesting. I definitely did. That was I think that was my problem. <laughs> so it yeah, was like, yeah. I remember as a, as a little kid sitting on sitting on the stairs in my house and kind of going like, OK, forever. We're going to be singing forever. I need to like I need to imagine this. It's just like. And when you're eight, like, what the fuck? Like, a year yeah. is forever when you're yeah. eight years old. <laughs> you're, like, barely straining to imagine three years, and you're like, mm, right. I'm done. <laughs> right. And I was just, I would get to this point, and, like, my brain would just break, and I'd be like, I can't, you know. I'm like, okay, so million years, billion years, still singing. Nothing has happened. Why are we doing this? And then I just would get to this point where it was like, there was a shut off. <laughs> it was, like, hard stop in my head. And, you know, of course, my parents were like, that's a good thing, right? That's like proof that God exists or whatever. And you know, I was like, can I, can I just not go? I mean, I straight up asked my mom if I could just not go to heaven. Like, I, I want to not, I want to not go to hell. I know that. Right. But is there a not heaven option? I was like, first of all, those angel motherfuckers are creepy as fuck. So I don't want to be anywhere near that. I, so I knew that for sure. I was like, those are monsters. Those are not angels. I know, I know what this is. You're tricking me. And the other thing was like the singing. I'm like, even if I had a mansion, even if I got to like be in the most perfect place every single day for like, I still, I think a thousand years for me would be really pushing it. I really sincerely, but I'm, I don't know. I'm weird. I've just always been very tired apparently. And like in heaven, you don't get to do like 50 to 60% of what is fun as a human. Because it hurts God. Yeah. You know, there's no kids. Ain't nobody having sex in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. well, I would say. There are kids. All of the aborted fetuses. That's true. All, like, and like, what, what do they have? Like, like, okay, this is going to sound terrible, but what do they have to contribute? Like, <laughs> why are you here? You had no life experiences. You're just like, like, is your, is it your job to just wait at the pearly gates for like your mom to get there? Like, like, and just make her feel bad. Shame like, her. Shame her. Like, <laughs> like, what is the. Uh, like I'm going to get hate mail for that, but like, like, but what, what, like, but really why? Yeah. And then if we're going to like, okay, okay. So any fetus that dies in a womb goes to heaven. Well, functionally there would then be more of those. Oh, for in by heaven a factor of, of than, many than humans have yeah. existed. Yes. So like we're talking about like zygotes and like yeah. blastocysts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, like when sperm meets egg, Tori, God puts a soul there. That is a human. It's literally not how it works, but whatever. Well, that's, that's you can't convince them. It's that's fine. how I was taught. That's right? how I was raised. <laughs> zygotes are human. Damn it. Um, and a zygote, that's a baby. So I really do need to stop doing Southern voices for dumb people. Oh, I love people the are South. Great. Southern people are wonderful. The they really are. It's just, it's, it's a, you know, like, most of my family is from the South. I don't know. But yeah, I need to stop doing that. But that's true. We need to do like, a, I don't know. How like do we Canadian do like a Canadian accent? Like, like a rich person accent. Uh, like, a, like a Swiss accent or something. Yeah. 
French accent. That's what we need to do. <laughs> uh does that go to baby yeah see it doesn't work it doesn't (laughs) work it doesn't work the like the the meme structure of the american brain does not yeah yeah it just slides in there okay uh Mm -hmm. anyway so yeah it it's it's one of the things like okay functionally if that's true if that's your theology if that is their theology like there will be more of those in heaven than humans have existed probably by probably by a factor of 10 and that's like what are they that's doing? Creepy. Up there? That's like, creepy. That's creepy. Like I don't want to talk. I don't, don't want to talk to you. Like what, what? What do we have to talk about? You have experienced literally nothing except for these creepy monster angels, <laughs> like <laughs> and singing one word over and over for a bajillion years. Yeah, they they can have heaven. Truly, <laughs> let them have it. <laughs> they can have my mansion. I don't care. It's fine. That'd be fun. Enjoy. Feel like sweetie. living in your mansion. You're like, gotta kick them out. <laughs> to me, it's, it's like I'm imagining them like like sugar ants. Like they're just every fucking where, but like, like you can't get rid of them, right? Yeah. Even if you tried, you couldn't. Yeah. They're just it's 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 an impossible number, but they're just like everywhere in your house. Like if you Afforded drop food, they just like are hoard. the sugar ants of heaven. <laughs> Make it a t-shirt. <laughs> Nobody would understand that at all. No, <laughs> but it's true. It's like, but yeah, it's like when you when you drop part of your sandwich, they all come out and like. That's how they get fed. Is when you drop your food in heaven. That's how uh, you feed. That's how you feed the fetuses. People going to, out there I need like to stop. I've... <laughs> <No>! <laughs> oh, the poor fetuses. We have to feed them. Has anyone fed the fetuses today? Jesus Christ. Can we just move on to capitalism? That's like a better thing than what we are imagining right now. <laughs> We're imagining truly the worst heaven. <laughs> but the, the only heaven, frankly. The only heaven, yeah. And and it's not, it's, we're not imagining it fresh. We've probably imagined this a few times as evangelicals and we're unable to say it. So if you have thoughts about heaven, leave us a comment on Instagram or Facebook. Not Facebook. Yeah. We're not on Facebook, yeah. really. You can no. make a fan page on Facebook and have a that, let us let us but, know about it if you but, want. Uh, Facebook or Twitter, not gosh, Instagram and <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. or Twitter. God, I go home Bible. So we're gonna we're gonna try to stop talking about Tori and Justin's horrific heaven, <laughs> and we're gonna do a capitalism real quick, and uh, then we're gonna talk about Jesus uh, getting mad at a fig tree. So enjoy. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Thanks for taking a little capitalism break and getting ads for things that you may or may not need. But we appreciate it. We have a couple new patrons, though, who will not have ads. Oh because they are part of our patron tier that uh, you don't have ads anymore. Uh, one is Ingrid. Uh, we are very happy to have Ingrid on board. She is a new deacon. And I don't feel like we thought this through because like she's a we deacon, haven't. but a deacon of what? Like in the church of something Bible, you're drunk, but, but that's the tier. That, that's what we called it. If yeah. They're all okay. church names. Okay. 
and okay. she's a deacon it's an unofficial sometimes Dr- official position. drunk church and drunk that's, church that's, that's the name of our church the deacon we, of drunk church we welcome sober people as well as drinkers so everybody is welcome and included everyone is welcome and included and whether you are a parishioner or a, a staff member welcome or you or you just show up for the lols because you can laugh in our church uh, but we do have a new youth pastor will hey so uh thanks for for joining the youth pastor tier will also gets ad free episodes but will also gets a life verse uh which will be with him hopefully not for eternity <laughs> <laughs> unless he wants it that way unless that's what he wants well you know? if that's what you want not with God. <laughs> everybody doesn't want to live forever. Um, but how many negatives was that? Okay, so we're, we're gonna give well a verse. A verse. From, well, not us. It's not us. It's the Lord. The Holy Spirit is gonna give Will a verse, and we're just gonna tell Will what their what their verse is. So I was the one who had my Bible for the first time in like fifty episodes. So I'm gonna give Will a verse through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we're in Isaiah. Whew, so you oh, know it's going to be heavy. Excellent. <laughs> I love it already. It's Isaiah 28, verse 2. Behold, the Lord has one who is mighty and strong, like a storm of hail destroying the tempest. Like a storm of mighty overflowing waters, he casts down to earth with his hand. Okay, cool. It did hail here today, so I feel like this is sort of serendipitous. It's, it was the it Or was inspired the by the Lord. Anyway, Will, that, that's your life verse. So you can keep it for as long as you would like. May you hail upon the tempest this week. God is throwing hail down at us because he has nothing better to do. May you be mighty and strong if that is what Indeed, you wish to be. If that's what you want. <laughs> so thank you very much, Will and Ingrid and, and all of our patrons. Uh, definitely make the show happen and keep us afloat and allow us to do the things. So we definitely appreciate it. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, Jesus and his Easter time escapades. Uh, as we are guy. in, or as we, as we are in. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus crazy. So we're going to talk about Jesus and, and his times in the week of Holy Week. And, and the time he got mad at a fig tree and, and murdered it <laughs> with his faith. <laughs> <laughs> with um, magic with his faith magics so you know if, if you're gonna drink this week please feel free to do so uh, if you whenever don't jesus to. acts like a human maybe yeah but yeah whenever jesus you know acts like maybe he's a little hangry or you know a little bit spacey or like you know he's um avoiding the question like a like a human does uh, you go ahead and yeah. you, you take you a drink. So Tori, did you want to, did you want to kind of walk us through this one? Yeah. Well, so I actually didn't even look to see if there were like multiple places where this story was told. I pulled up this, I pulled up Mark 11. I believe it is only in Mark. So see that, see that alone is very interesting to me. Mark is kind of like, you know, he's very like short to the point. It's like, we're going to talk about the thing and then we're done moving on. But this is like the one place where this story is. Interesting, just saying, yeah. And Mark is one of the earliest accounts of Jesus' life, so you know, it's it's more fresh than the others. Which I mean, we're still talking about decades, but you know, whatever. So, are we reading this? We didn't talk about that part before. Um, you know, summarize as we do, summarize if okay. The, if the people want to read it themselves, it's you know, Mark 11 12 is kind of where it starts, and 
you know, it's, it's relatively short. Yes, true. So apparently Jesus and, and them were in Bethany, which who even knows where that is. And Jesus was hungry, which totally makes sense because there's no corner stores. So he sees a fig tree, says in leaf. I don't, I don't grow trees. I don't know what that means. It's, it's in leaf. Clearly. I mean, obviously that's what it means. So he decided to go check it out, you know. Sorry, I, I will, I will make a correction. It is in, sorry, I misplaced, mistook it. It is in Matthew and Luke. But it's oh, not. it is. Okay. Okay. Well, it's kind of replaced in Luke with like a parable of a barren fig tree. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So like the fig trees not producing fruit is a thing. It's a theme but, in the gospels. But it is. But John ones. is the one, but John is the one who doesn't include it. Yeah. When I said that, okay. it kind of, it kind of like my brain was not quite working right. And then I looked up, I was like, it is in other places, but it's not in John. And it, you know, it, it it's still a curious story regardless. It's a very interesting Jesus story. Right. Yes. Sorry. Agree. Continue. So Jesus being the dude that he is with apparently no chill said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again, because, you know, it says, and the disciples heard him say it. But what's important here is that the tree heard him say it. So keep that in mind. Yeah, like it, it is like the language is like answering the tree. The tree speaks Aramaic. As as if the tree had been talking to him, like like Jesus answers the it's tree response. and says, yes, it is a response. There was a conversation happening. Like the tree was like, fuck you, Jesus. It's not fig season. <laughs> Back off me. I want that on a t-shirt. And Jesus answered saying... May you never rude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and ever eat fruit from you again. So then I guess they're going to Jerusalem, which this man walks around a lot, considering he doesn't have any food. I feel like that's kind of impressive. And so this is the story where he like starts throwing everybody out of the temple, right? So he kind of like loses loses it a little bit, which again, he's hangry. Makes sense. I would also be throwing people out. So I, I relate to, I relate to Jesus experience here. Yeah, he is, he's a very, he's very human. He is hungry and yeah. the place where he went to get food, didn't have food. And so he, you know, which said, was Fuck a personal you. affront to him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man. So Jesus is like, just walks into the temple, starts throwing people out. He's throwing over tables of people who are like counting money and selling doves for like the sacrifice. And he wouldn't let anybody carry stuff through through the temple courts, which is like you actually do need to be able to carry it if like if you're there to like make an offering, right? You actually have to who else is going to take it? <laughs> he is blocking traffic for sure, destroying yes. private property. Uh we we talked about this uh, I think of episode I think yeah, mm. episode six. Yeah, we talked about this. Yes. You know, Jesus is it kind of doing a one-man riot, honestly, and and doing a good job of it. I have a hard time believing that if Peter was there, he was not involved in any way, but that's just me. <laughs> I could just see like Jesus misses the table and Peter like, he was, like therapeutically shoves like shoves it over. Yeah. <laughs> that is my new biblical headcanon. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. So then he's, you know, and he's yelling obviously, cause Jesus is a yeller and he says, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers, which going after the capitalists, I am here for that Jesus. Yeah. That is the Jesus energy I'm for. Yes, completely. The priests heard him saying this and were like, no, fuck this dude. He needs to die. Because apparently everybody was like really impressed by what he was saying. They're like, wow, this is this is amazing. 
and this idea that we were talking about of like, is this ritual right of, of, of offering a sacrifice? Is it for, is it for the people or is it for the temple? Right? Like who is being served here, which is basically what we talked about last week. So after spending all day, like thrashing the temple, Jesus and his disciples are like, well, we should probably leave. Somebody might call, somebody might call the cops. Yeah, but they, you know, this is like a big, you know, conference week and they couldn't afford a hotel in the city. So they have to like go out into the suburbs and get a hotel. I think it's like Uber surge rates situation. Yeah. So they're heading back. It's, you know, it's mayhem. It's the busiest time of the year for them, right? It's their Christmas. I should not have said that. That was not okay. (laughs) So anyway, in the morning, Jesus is like, I guess we're going back. So they walk past the same fig tree again. And Peter's like, look, this fig tree that you cursed yesterday is dead. And Jesus says, have faith in God. Like, this is where where, like, 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 okay. Like this is avoiding the question. Like completely. Like. (laughs) Why is this fig tree dead? Like you curse this fig tree, it's dead. Why, Jesus? And Jesus is like, well, have faith in God. You mm-hmm. can even, you can kill a mountain if you want, if you have enough faith. I remember really struggling with that verse as a kid too. Like, yeah, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believe what they say will happen, it will be done for them. I was like, hmm, that is, it's very bold of Jesus to just throw out there. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a power you mess with. And I've like, yikes. And I definitely started small, but like tried to move rocks with my mind and was very disappointed many times. I don't think I ever tried to move a mountain, which is really funny. But again, like you said, Jesus just doesn't answer. Yeah. Doesn't answer, which, which leaves 2000 years worth of commentators to Mm -hmm. try to speculate as to why the why fuck did this happen? This tree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, again, he was hangry. He was hangry. So that to me is valid. And it wasn't the only thing, apparently, that he killed that day. He also killed some some bank tables or something. Yeah. It just, you know, Jesus was in a, a murdering mood that day. I mean, I don't know. This is just like this is me projecting, and I like I totally own that, but. If, if you were like living in an occupied territory, I think a lot of days are murdering days. <laughs> we just keep that like on the low as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't like this. This story makes no sense to me, except for the fact that Jesus was hangry. But like, why was he having a conversation with the fig tree? First of all, like, yeah. Jesus, you, you know, it's it, Passover is at the same time every year. Like, you, you know what's happening here. It's not fig time. Like get it together, buddy. But apparently he was too far gone for even for even that part. And and I I was reading a commentary and there was like I was trying to read some conservative commentaries, just like or not commentaries, just like conservative internet thoughts. It's wild. Yeah. Well, and some have said, like, well, you know, in the springtime, you know, figs can have these like edible little buds that come up, and maybe Jesus was looking for those. But it's like that like get breakfast. Like you're staying at someone's house. You're not that poor. You've got ladies bankrolling you. Like you don't need to like get buds off of fig trees. And then like, oh, I didn't have any. Like no one else was hangry. Everyone else seemed to have breakfast. I don't know if Jesus slept in or something. So let's be honest, though. Jesus probably got up at four so that he could go and pray and everybody else is eating breakfast. And then it was like time to go. Yeah, this is why being spiritual is dumb. 
Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> you need food, even you need if food. you are Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and, and it's interesting that Bible like very clearly says like this is not the season for figs. Mm-hmm. Like, what that's not like a commentary that comes in later. It's like no, like the Bible is like this is not fig time, and Jesus is mad that there's not figs at not fig time. I'm doing a lot of double and triple negatives this tonight. That's just my thing. I'm gonna roll with it. And so it's like sandwiched with this cleansing of the temple. So like symbolically, it would make sense that Jesus is, you know, the fig tree is a metaphor for the temple system or, you know, some evangelicals go as far as to say the Jewish faith, anti-Semitic, even like, like, I would say like, this is one of those like passages and like the interpretation of it that like you have to me at least like you have to be very careful because it is one of those that's like most interpretations of this passage are inherently anti-Semitic. I think, you know, because it's, you know, like the Pharisees were ruining it. Like, well, Jesus was a Pharisee folks. Like, right. Probably. That was his team. Like highly likely Jesus was a Pharisee. So I think if I'm going to pull something good or something that is useful out of this, that's maybe not anti-Semitic is like, Jesus is a Jew critiquing a Jewish system. And when there is a, when you see corruption in your system, you should critique it. And if that system does not bear fruit, if that system is not good, if it does not provide you with sustenance, then yeah, walk, walk away or destroy destroy it. Maybe burn it down, whatever, whatever God is calling you to do. Yeah. Whatever the Lord has laid upon your heart is okay. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And and so like, to me, that makes sense. Like Jesus is critiquing his religious system, but I, it's almost like we put this distance there. Like Jesus, the first Christian was critiquing the Jewish system, which is Jesus nothing like our system. Yeah. He wasn't, a Christian, <laughs> but, but it's, yeah, like, it's but, nothing like what we do. Yeah. It's nothing like we just we stole do your all. whole book. Yeah. We stole most of your religion. Like we half-heartedly do some of your traditions and we're like twice as corrupt as the temple <laughs> ever like oh the temple couldn't dream of being this corrupt no, you guys. Like, like the temple's best day was not as corrupt <laughs> as white evangelicalism in the united states on oh, its just like a normal sunday altruistic day <laughs> so so yeah i could pull that out of it and i could go yeah i jive with this but it it's so weird to me that like jesus has an opportunity to explain this to the disciples and he's like, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. Matter of fact, I'm going to quote. Make it or, more confusing. I'm going to make it more confusing. I'm going to say one of the most gaslightiest of gaslightiest <laughs> verses. Where like, hey, Peter, you could kill a fig tree too. Or even this mountain if you had enough faith. Like, you know, Peter was trying that later and felt bad about it because he didn't have enough faith. It's, it's honestly, it's, a, it's manipulative. If it wasn't in the Bible, if you just heard some preacher somewhere telling his congregation if you have faith you know you can move that mountain over there you can do anything you want and if if you don't doubt as long as you don't doubt then you can do it like that's gaslighting that's spiritual abuse that's manipulation like if 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 it wasn't jesus saying it if it was just some random person saying it honestly even a lot of christians frankly maybe not in like the more charismatic uh evangelical traditions but i know like in my tradition they would have been people that even would have called that out and been like, that's not cool. No, and in, in my tradition, this was legit. Like 
this was the shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Jesus says it, it's legit. Like you can preach uh-huh. on Jesus saying it, but I'm just saying like, if a preacher just said like, get up right now, you know, like, like one dude from black, you know, black midnight mass or whatever, like, <laughs> walk right, you know, like, like, like that would have been like, Hey, Whoa, like that's not cool. So Jesus is, is dodging a question and saying a problematic thing. A thing that maybe it wasn't problematic at the moment, but will be problematic for 2000 years and counting. <laughs> I mean, for me, the way that the way that I see this, honestly, you know, as I said, because like there was a Roman occupation of Palestine at the time that had been going on for fuck knows how long. I don't actually know when they took that over. And so Jesus walking into this space, like seeing people who are being exploited when you're in a system that is already exploiting like incredibly vulnerable people like that is very angering i mean like the way the way that i think about it is like when you when you see people who are clearly like grifting their own team essentially right it's like it's not necessarily that even what you're doing is wrong but you're setting yourself up in this space that gives you like this moral authority right you're like making this huge profit off of doing nothing frankly, you know, it's kind of capitalism. And so from that perspective to me, like his response really makes sense. Like it it really, really sucks to see people like vulnerable and exploited people being taken advantage of by the system. But when the people who are doing the taking advantage of are also the people who are being exploited by the system and they just manage to like wedge themselves in between right so that they can like take some off the top that's that's infuriating and those are the people that are then if they do it long enough are then extolling the virtues of the system absolutely i pulled myself up by my bootstraps you know absolutely i run Mm -hmm. a small business in the temple selling pigeons for twice the going rate (laughs) you know like oh man yes like inflation, yeah. the supply chain, it's you guys, we, we just, this is how much we have to charge. Yeah. Like, you know, rock doves are just hard to come by this year. So sorry. The pandemic. Yeah. So like Jesus getting at, man, angry about it, like fine. Even Jesus being so angry about it, he just like flips out at a fig tree. Fine. But like now we make moral excuses for Jesus and turn it into a theology. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's like, mm, that kind of breaks up for me. Well, I feel like they're not making the right moral excuses. I feel like I need to be able to walk into Bank of America and start throwing shit True. and for the church to support me, but to, they won't yeah. do that. The, so yeah, to, to, you know, raise a collection to, for, to cover your legal fees because you, you blew up a Twitter, bank of, Twitter or, will do this for me. The church will not do this yeah. for me. Also, yeah, yeah. True. Cause the tw- Twitter is the true church. We know this. Uh, yes, indeed. So when I say blow up a Bank of America, I mean like blow it up by knocking things over. Just right, not clarify. like a bomb, like yeah. going in and like wiping everything off people's desks. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's more like it's more like if you think of the office, it's more like like the office sort of attack. It's not. It's 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 Jim pulling a prank more than like terrorism. Not advocating for terrorism. Just on clarifying. This Just um, throwing stuff around, not blowing anything up. But there is this verse at the very end of this passage that I, I do find interesting because it it's like this weird, like, you know, if you believe in your heart, you can throw mountains and whatever. That's that's weird to me. Yeah. But this like 
but I think the point, if you're going to read into it, you have to read into it a little bit is like where Jesus says, wherever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. So your father in heaven will also forgive your sins. Like I think evangelicals tend to put a lot of weight on the end of that one. If you forgive your father in heaven will forgive you. I feel like maybe it's better to wait the front of that because this is a story about the temple and this is where you go to get forgiveness and you have to pay these exorbitant fees, you know, and Jesus is saying, wherever you stand, if you have something against someone, forgive you and God will forgive you. That to me is good news in that system. So like, I'm happy to drag Jesus about the fig tree thing, but I do feel like that to me, like that begins to make the point that from Jesus perspective, as a Jewish man in this time, you don't need the temple to get to be forgiven. And a matter of fact, the temple maybe just needs to be destroyed. But not by the Romans, because fuck that shit. Yeah, not by the Romans and not, again, like I think in passages like this, rooting Jesus firmly within the Jewish tradition protects you from anti-Semitism. And because, you know, Christianity just goes there so like... It's almost like a religion tailor made to be anti-Semitic. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> when you make a thing do a thing for two thousand years, it might keep doing it. <laughs> we'll just continue doing that. So, um, but but if this kind of passage is important to you, and if and if these kind of stories are still important to you, and you want to live your life by them, or even if you're a Christian that still goes to church, or you're a pastor that wants to preach this kind of stuff, thank you for listening. But also, like, there are there are ways to make this book less anti-Semitic. You just need to do a little work. And I think that's one of them. And so I, but I do think the message of this system is awful and it should be destroyed and we should disrupt it, but we should stand around and disrupt business from happening. And because we can be forgiven any fucking place we stand, we don't need this place. That's good news. And if you were to preach that on a, in, in our context today, not, preach it like the jews didn't get it and we do which is how it always goes like fuck that and we don't so we don't go away but 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 talk about like what are the oppressive systems around now like let's have eyes to see those and what are systems that are not bearing fruit and what are systems that are not doing what they're supposed to do and not providing for the common good and how do we fix those you know and that's the kind of system i would love to be like cast yourself into the ocean so i'm just gonna get preachy for a second but it's like to me like like this we make fun of this book from the evangelical perspective and it's disappointing and frustrating to me because with not much work you can actually turn this book into something super vital and interesting that's saying things that we all need, agree with need and to need be or, said. or need to be said yeah to the very people that say they prize it but they don't and they don't live by that I, frankly, I don't think they even care about it other than just as uh, like support for their bullshit. Yep. I completely agree with all of that. Honestly, I think that it's, it's really sort of just been weaponized in so many ways. And, you know, like talking about how this, when it's being taught in churches, always just kind of like by default winds up in anti-Semitism. I, I think that like, in the same way, evangelical theology always just by default ends up in white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which, which includes anti-Semitism. Hey. So yeah. Like if you're willing to like use this book to critique that system, like that to me, that to me is valid. If you're like, how do we, how do we dismantle this? How do we disrupt this? 
right? How do we cause a problem for the people who are profiting off of other people's pain and suffering, right? It's not, how do we hurt them? It's like, how do we disrupt what is happening here in terms of like the exploitation? And yeah, it would have been really cool if we'd been taught that. So I don't know, maybe some of the people who are listening who are still in church or like maybe have churches, maybe they'll like make this a thing now. Yeah. Flip a table or three. Why not? Um, <laughs> listen, listen, JP Morgan owned the Titanic and he sank that motherfucker on the first round. So like you can, you can, you can go into the bank and like mess up some papers. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know that how it fits, but I would love to do an episode on JP Morgan. <laughs> Oh, capitalists were coming for your asses. That's really funny. But yeah, I just, I, this could have, the world could have been so much different. Even like, yeah, because I think a lot of people fantasize like, well, what if Christianity hadn't been a thing? And, you know, I mean, that's an interesting thought experiment. But would have been something else. Would have been different. But I'm like, even if Christianity remained as big as it is, we could have had a vastly different world. Yeah. With, not much effort and that's that's why we drink folks <laughs> but we also work and i think that's it's important to do the work where you can so you know this easter if that's what you get out of it then great agreed how would you cast jesus in this particular story you mean like jesus like jesus throwing stuff around jesus yeah and like, like yelling yeah. at a fig tree jesus because because yeah. i'm because right now i'm thinking like this is like in my head this is like Lawrence fishburne like black panther jesus yeah <laughs> yes 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 all right um so <laughs> that's just like yeah i'm like i'm 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 here to fuck some shit up you're just gonna have to deal with it i didn't eat breakfast so i'm making this your problem <laughs> i could see that i'm, I'm into it it's probably because I just started watching Peacemaker, but I thought John Cena as mm. Jesus in this okay. particular passage. Okay. That's fun. Just as a absurdly huge Jesus angry <laughs> that that he can't he doesn't have food. Like <laughs> Jesus, whose job is it to pack your lunch? Yeah. You're a grown adult man who like doesn't live at home. That's, that's like it's sad, your job. That's sad, like peacemaker, like cool. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's oh buddy. Hilarious. It, but yeah, just like this like large Jesus just raging in the temple. Like and his followers like are like, and his followers are like, oh man, he must hate the temple. Like, no, he's just hungry. <laughs> he just forgot to eat. Like the dude eats a lot. He's actually it's trying fine. to catch, he's trying to catch the birds. He's not trying to shoot them away. <laughs> Oh man, this is like this is this is high key. I think that this is Jesus' like number one Samson moment. Mm, yeah, yeah, he he gets the Samson award in this <laughs> in this passage. Oh, Samson, what a nut that dude was. Yeah, many many laughs in the Samson. Indeed. All right, anything else to add to this? Um, I don't think so. Weird passage that. Don't be, be anti-Semitic. Not, yeah, certainly don't be and, anti-Semitic. And, and mess up mess up oppressive systems. Mm-hmm. That's what we can learn from this. Those are both good things. Very good. I'm happy with that. So if you want more delightful insight into dismantling oppressive systems and not being anti-Semitic, 
Uh, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter or Instagram. I got it right. Yes. I feel good. I go home Bible. Yay. You could also, if you uh, don't want to support random companies uh, with uh, ad revenue, but you want to support us directly, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash go home Bible and get ad free episodes, a live verse and a couple other things. Also, uh, I'm on Twitter at Justin D. Gentry. Tori is on Twitter at Tori Glass. We have other projects and things that we do as much as I would love to just talk about the Bible and rag on it all day. We do other things. And so you can check out all the other things that we do uh, at our respective pages. Anything else you want to say, plug, uh, I think, Tori? I I still hate Easter. That's what I got to say. Yeah. Find yourself something not Easter to do on Easter. To do. So, yeah. Hey. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you. Eight. Eight. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.